Another episode of That Sounds Fun in our 10th anniversary year of the podcast. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. And listen, if you have not heard our January 6th episode, our epiphany episode from Saturday, there are lots of great 10th anniversary announcements in there, some stories I wanted to share with you. And so go back and listen. And I also told y'all some really fun things like save that date for August 11th in Nashville. You're going to want to be in Nashville on August 11th. It is going to be such a fun weekend. So plan for that. Also, starting this year, every episode will be a podcast as well as the full video on YouTube. So you can watch as well as listen. The link for YouTube is in the description below. So you can subscribe over there if you'd rather watch. And if you're watching already, hi, look, here we are. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about one of our incredible sponsors, Athletic Greens. As part of my rhythm for making healthy choices in my day, I like to drink AG1 first thing in the morning. I fill up my shaker with extra cold water, one scoop of AG1, a couple of lemon juice ice cubes just for a little something fun, shake it up, and I am ready to go. If I'm running short on time and can't mix my AG1 before heading out, I'll just grab a travel pack. Each one is an individual serving of AG1 that's easy to mix on the go, so I make sure I get my daily nutrients. Each serving of AG1 has my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. If there's one product I have to recommend to elevate your health, it is AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership over your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash sounds fun. That's drinkag1.com slash sounds fun. Y'all check it out. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend and one of my favorite pastors, Banning Liebscher. You may remember Banning from episode 237 or from the 2018 Christmas party episode. Banning Liebscher is the founding pastor of Jesus Culture, the author of multiple books, the host of the Banning Liebscher podcast and the pastor's podcast, one of my very favorites. So here's why we started the year with Banning. As I've listened to the pastor's podcast, as I am listening to his teaching over the last few months, I felt like he really had some important things to say about where we should go in 2024, particularly in our spiritual lives. And that really matters to me. And as Emily P. Freeman teaches, we can slowly come into 2024. We don't have to have all the answers by today. And so today, Banning and I are going to talk about what should this year be shaped like? And I am telling you, mind-blown emoji. Mind-blown emoji. He has reshaped how I am planning for 2024 in this one conversation, and I hope that will be true for you as well. I also hope, and you'll hear me say this, I hope you get protected from a mistake I made last year by listening to Banning today. So here is my conversation with pastor and friend, Banning Liebscher. Banning Liebscher, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Well, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. It is such an honor. It's your third time on the show. The That's thing you amazing. Should, the thing you should really point your arrow toward is when you hit five shows, you enter the Hall of Fun. <laughs> so, But I think at three shows, I should be considered quasi-staff. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, you are a pastor of the pod. (laughs) I'm kind of part of the family now. Exactly right. What an honor to us. Um, Banning, you are our first episode of our 10th anniversary year of That Sounds Fun. 10 years. Congratulations. 10 years. And so one of the flip-flops we're doing this year is we're starting with our favorite question. So That's wild. That's wild. 2024 off just wild. I know, right? So tell me what sounds fun to you, Banning. I got to Okay. So here's my life right now. My young, I have three kids, 24, yep. 21, both in college. And then I have an 18 year old. He is graduating high school. He's my last one. And, um, and he plays basketball. It's what he's done for most of his life. And so right now my life is basketball. It yeah. is at games, helping referees and, uh, just 
just him on. I actually tell my church all the time, I'm like, listen, I have a call to be a pastor, but from mid-November to mid-March every year, my my secondary calling is to assist referees. In my <laughs> it's it's just been basketball. It's been a, it, it's yeah. it's it's so fun just to see. You know what it kind of feels like? It feels like a TV series I've been watching for ten years. Yeah. That I know I'm on the last season, but I'm yeah. a little bit kind of sad. But super, it's just it's it's all the feels. But that's what that's what I've been doing. It's been a blast. Will he keep playing after his senior year? Is he going to go to school and play or? Yeah, he he might. We're 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 in that conversation right now, yeah. and in that mode right now. So if I have my way, yes. If yeah, I have yeah, my yeah. way, he absolutely will be giving me another four years of sitting in <laughs> yeah. stands. Yeah. Like so I mean, so many of our friends listening, a lot of our peers have high school seniors, yeah. and are doing this process you're doing. So, what's it like in your house? That it's your son's senior year. That this is y'all's last one. I mean, now y'all are about to be empty nesters, right? Yeah, well, your empty nesters, I guess, when your kids leave, but my kids haven't left yet. Okay, got it, got it, got it. My girls are still in college. My 24-year-old, who I love, still lives at home, and, and yeah. I, which, I, which is I love. Yeah, it, it is very weird. I, I got to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm kind of experiencing uh, so many different emotions with it. My, yeah. my son's a senior. He's my youngest. This is now going to kind of be it. Well, you know what's weird is outside of the kind of emotions around the, the empty nest concept, is um, my life has been run, my life has been heavily influenced by some school schedule my yeah. whole life yeah. for 24 years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's not going to be influenced by a school right. schedule anymore. And that's right. weird. I'm looking at next mm -hmm. year and they're like, you want to cut, you know, I only do two international trips a year in t for intentionally. And, and, you know, somebody said, you want to come to New Zealand and in November? I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, sure. Like I, I never even. It was like I never. I was always connected to some schedule somewhere. So yeah. that's kind of going to be weird. But we're so it's, proud of my kids. I was honestly, it's it's all. Yeah. It's this weird feeling of sad and then super proud, mm -hmm. like so proud and then kind of melancholy sad. I am having an a similar experience to you not being trapped by the school calendar anymore, because that's all my friends. Like all yeah. my friends are suddenly like, hey, I can come do that with you, Annie. No, and for totally. 18 years, they haven't been able to. <laughs> no, totally. Gabe Lyons has invited me to something for, and I want to go. I love Gabe. Good friend. And yeah. everyone like, dude, I'm sorry. My son's got this. My kid, girls have this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every year, I just can't go do a bunch of stuff with people that I love yeah. nationally. But all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I guess I can now. That's I so know. I'm, I'm so thrilled that y'all are coming back. Everybody's <laughs> coming back to my social calendar. <laughs> As kids, I mean, I just was texting with a friend today and I said, hey, do you want to go with this event to me? Because her kids are middle school and high school now. Yes. And when yes. they were elementary and baby, she before they were born, she traveled with me some. Yes. And then she had a season where she couldn't travel. And I'm like, hey, you want to? And she's like, actually, yeah, one of my sons is on a school trip that weekend. And the other sons, my husband it's says that's great. Costly. For those, I don't yeah. know, anybody listening that travels, when you travel when your kids are little, it just feels so costly. And yeah. and it's and and I do it. It's the Lord, and we make sure we do it well. And families first, but it just is so costly. Now that my kids are older, it's funny. I'm on the road, and I'm like, this doesn't this doesn't feel costly. Like it's yeah. not costing my kids right now yeah. that I'm speaking over here. So yeah, it is a different experience as they get older. Not just when they're out of the house, but as they get into that, the high school yeah. years. I'll tell you a really funny thing that's happened, Banning. So I'm paying attention. My town where I grew up, a lot of my friends, not all of them, a lot of them have high schoolers. Middle schoolers, high schoolers. My Nashville friends that are the same age have elementary. Yeah. My New York friends that are the yeah. same age are having yeah. babies. Yeah. I, it is fascinating. Yeah. I, I, it is very fascinating how much people, I have a weird, uh, I, I have a weird opinion on some of this stuff because we, I don't know if I would have, if we went back and did it again, it, it, we were married at 21, got pregnant and then had a kid at 22. Yeah. Um, but I do look back now and go, oh, there's a whole stage of life mm. from like 45 to 65 yeah. that I wasn't even thinking about. Right. So there are some, some people don't like my advice sometimes, actually. I'm not giving this advice to anybody right now on the podcast, and maybe <laughs> we'll edit this out. But I do talk to, to, to people in their 20s sometimes, and I say, hey, you're really looking at your 20s right now trying to go, I want to have them be the best. I want to get what I want on my, what I need out of my twenties, not in a selfish way. They're just like, yeah. I want to be able to travel. I said, there is a, another part of your life 
Wow. Well, wow, 45 yeah. to 65. Yeah. But you're thinking about 25 to 30 right now. Mm-hmm. But you got to be thinking also about what do I want it to look like when I'm 50 and 55 yeah. and 60? When, hey, I'm more established. I've got some money. I can yes. actually do some stuff. So and I, boundaries. In, you actually have better boundaries in this yeah, season of my life yeah. than I ever no, have. No, totally. So there are some people. I'm not saying everybody needs to get married early and pregnant early and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But I will say this. Sometimes when you're in your 20s, late 20s, you are kind of like, I just, I, I want this time to be the best. And I'm like, yeah. totally. There's just another time coming up. Yeah. And you definitely want to go, what do I want that time to look like? Yeah. You know, because because if I delay all of these things because I want my 28, 29, 30, 31, 32 years to be amazing, you do have a, a year where you're 50, 51, 52, 53, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking about it a lot as an Annie. I'm 43 yeah. and not married yet and not totally um uninterested in having kids, right? And so there yeah. so I would have a totally different life if I got <laughs> married and got pregnant. You know, totally. I mean, it would suddenly my life would shift and y'all, and I wouldn't be able to do some of the things I get yes, to do. And it'd be totally. a different gifts than these gifts, but yeah. talk a little bit for a second. And then we're going to jump into what we're, what I actually, I bet this is it too. Um, as I, I feel like someone told me recently, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't remember who some of our listeners will tell us in the comments and in, on Instagram, someone recently came on the show that was theologian ish and said, your sixties and seventies are actually your best seasons of ministry. Oh, I, I 100% would believe that. And I think here's why. I hope that's true. Oh, 100%. And, and, and you would recognize this even in your 40s. When you're in your 20s and your 30s, you are, you're just trying to figure things out. You don't know what you're motivated by. And there's right. just bro- broken things that are still getting healed. Yeah. So, so there's, it, it, it's hard to describe, but I, you, know, you can be a driven person in your twenties and thirties, just because you're looking for acceptance, yeah. Because you and, and you have and, the energy and, to, <laughs> and it and, and it's genuine. It's genuine. It's not That's like right. just broken. You know. That's right. And so, so you spend your twenties and thirties though, kind of learning about yourself, getting healed up, getting healthy, getting whole, making sure the motivations that are driving you are actually healthy motivations, not unhealthy motivations. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you start getting to that place, and and also for many people, when you're when not for everybody, like, like you said, Annie, but for some, you've got little kids, you're doing all this type of stuff, but you start getting into your fifties, and all of a sudden, you start you've really done the work with the Lord. Yeah. All of a sudden, you wow. have actually grown in those areas, and and I'll say this: one of the things I, I talk about is there's an authority that comes on your life. I don't know if you felt this at forty, Annie. I felt a shift in actually the weight of authority 100%. in my ministry. I don't think it was just connected to a date, but there was something that shifted where I felt like, oh, I'm not just an older brother. I'm oh, a my, father. I like put my shoulders back at 40. Yes. Yes. yes, because, and and so, and what I think that is, is you, you know, they actually talk about elders uh, in scripture. One of the One of the requirements for elders is that they've been tested. Oh, wow. So you haven't, you haven't been tested necessarily, or or you're going through the test, yeah. which isn't just a season, it's decades sometimes. <laughs> and when you come through that fire, when you come out the other side of that test, there is an authority on your life that was not mm-hmm. there before. Wow. You own something now. You own a truth you own a revelation. You own something now that you didn't own before, and and I. Th- I so you see these six. They're they're slower. They're more patient. They're not kind of running around wasting their energy. I got a friend who played in the NBA for thirteen years, and he. It was very interesting. I asked him. He, he was playing with these. If you watch sports at all, he was playing with these Division One kids that would come home for the summer. So he's in the NBA. He's playing with these Division One. Now, if you play basketball in Division One, you're legit. Like in college, you're, for people uh, listening, yes, that's in college, college, yeah. In college, if you play Division One basketball, you're legit. They'd come home and he'd play with them, and he goes, "They just are all over the place. Mm. They're just running everywhere." And the NBA guys, they go from point A to point B. Wow! They, they, they don't. Wow. They don't. They don't go all over the place. They don't waste energy. And even these D1 kids who are so good are still wasting energy on the basketball court. Yeah. Where these NBA guys, they're like, nope, you go from here to here. And so I think as you get older, you're not wasting energy like you used to. Mm-hmm. There's a different level of authority on your life. 
Um, I, Annie, you had, you've been preaching for a while. There's stuff I'm preaching right now that I was preaching 20 years ago. There's just a different authority on it's it. Different. Yeah. I, I'm, like, I'm telling I, the same story, but it's being heard different. Yeah. yeah there is a, there is a weightiness to it. So I 100% believe that as it, whatever it is, whether they're in, whether they're in vocational ministry or not, as we get older, there's some things that have been tested by fire yeah. that we now possess. There are some things that that there's authority on our life. There's 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 wisdom that comes with age. There's all that type of stuff. So yeah, I would agree. I I 100% would think the most impactful years are your later years, not your younger years. You know the problem is, Annie, and we can have this conversation. The problem is, is that 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 most of our culture values young. And when is the last time you saw a 70 under 70 list? No, no, it's, it's 30 yeah, under it's, 30. It's yeah, 40 just, under 40. And everybody's trying to look younger. And even, you know, every, anybody who's in Hollywood over else is in their 70s is trying to look 30. And do men feel that as much as women feel that, Banning? Or do I, men I, feel, I, I, don't, I know we, don't, I we can't take temperature know. of that. Do know. men feel that too, though? No, I, I would I, I would imagine they don't, but I not at the level women do. I, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that from watching Hollywood. You can yeah, be yeah, in yeah. your 70s and everybody still thinks as a man, you're, you're you know, but if you're... 70s and, and and a woman yeah. in Hollywood, you know. So so I, I would say we probably don't feel the same amount of pressure. But I I think we legitimately, the Bible does, should be going. You've got gray hair. <laughs> I I 100 need what you have and yeah. the authority you carry, even though you're not wearing the latest fashions, even though you're not whatever. Like yeah. I, so I do think there's some of that pressure sometimes. People are not wanting to wait till they're 50. Right. They're not wanting to wait till they're 60. You know, right. they, 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 they want to see it now. But I mean, that's in me too, though, is the problem. As I like said, I want to do that. I said to my management, I want to do these things before I'm 50. Well, why? Yeah. Why? Why do yeah. I want to do it before yeah. I'm 50? What do I think happens at 50 that I can't do it then? No, exactly. So well, how do well, we balance that? How do we balance the drive to like, I want to accomplish these things now. And what if I would actually be better at them in 10 years? Yeah. Well, even Chris Tomlin, it's funny with Chris Tomlin. I don't know how old Chris is, but you know, they're like, like wow, 84. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Totally at least probably <laughs> a lot of Botox. Uh, yeah. uh, Chris is like, he's still going as a worship leader, still relevant. And everybody's kind of amazed by it. They're like, that's amazing. He's still yeah. going. And, but I'm like, I, this shouldn't be amazing that only young worship leaders yeah. are the ones that are, I love young worship leaders, but, but it, it is that kind of, it, it is very strange that sometimes as you get older, people are, I, I don't know, it's just our culture. But I'm I mean, gonna tell I you struggle with it too, Banning, because every single time I dye my hair, I have a conversation with the Lord about how the Bible says I should let my gray hairs out. I mean, I have this like, I take it far, people make fun of me on the internet all the time. I take it far too serious because I'm like, Lord, is it all right with you? Because, I mean, I, I wrestle with it. No, I do. I get it. I do too, 100%. I I, I I think sometimes we just don't value age at the level that we should and, and we and we don't really celebrate it. And so that is interesting. And we live in a world that's obviously, you know, I, when you're in front of the camera all the time, it is a different, I'm not saying, I'm saying it is a different kind of experience you're having, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you're, you're of aging in front of people. Yeah. You're aging in front of people all the time, you know. I mean, it, happy tenth anniversary of the podcast. We're showing all the graphics that we've had for ten years, and I'm like, well, there she goes, there she goes from thirty two to forty three. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm thrilled with where we've gone, but yeah, it is. So I mean, you it, that is part of having for all of us. Anybody who has an Instagram, people can scroll back and see you five, ten, twelve years yes. ago. Yeah. But so I want to I want to echo what you just said that the greatest years of impact will be the second half of your life. And, Listen, and it's I, why it matters I, to me that we that I'm doing everything I can to keep my body in a place where I can live to 100. Yes, absolutely, you absolutely. Know, I don't want to yeah. eat and not exercise in a way that my body gives up at 70 when my spirit was entering its best decades. Yes. Agreed. Man, I that, love that. That would be, that would be so Poor tragic reward. to me. I mean, I'm teary yeah. saying it to you. That'd be so tragic yeah. to me yeah. if, if in any way that I can control, we don't have as much control. I don't have as much control yeah. as I think I do, yeah. but in the ways I can control, I want to do everything I can to be doing this whatever the this is that God's invited me to for the next 40 years, 50 years. Yeah. It's interesting you talk about that. That's all a stewardship issue for me. 
Mm. I, 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 even whether it's the fitness, the nutrition, all of this type of stuff, for me, it's a stewardship issue. It's like, mm. I, there's a call of God on my life. There's a mandate that he has put on me. There's an assignment he's given me in the earth and I want to steward it well. Yeah. And I just, you know, if I don't address those issues that you're talking about, I, I won't be stewarding this well. Yeah. And I want Do you know the one he's convicted me the most about this year is getting enough sleep. Oh, gosh. I mean, it has been like, I mean, when I tell you, whatever you have felt about a sin that like in your 20s, maybe that you like couldn't quite get the ball to get going down the hill for a while. And you just and the conviction would just like come on you. That is who the Holy Spirit is being to me about sleep. He is like. Not ca- I might as well be oh running God. rampant in the streets and sin with the amount of conviction oh, I'm getting no, about not getting enough sleep. Every time you get five hours, six hours, is that the workaholic in you? Uh, no, it's. I mean, if I'm telling the whole truth, it's the living alone and being living alone and being lonely and being on my phone too long. Truth. Yeah. No. You totally. Know? It's oh, not that I work that late. It's that I'll stay on Instagram or I'll read a book or I'll stay up too late, and uh, because I'm trying to not feel lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, then the Lord's like, what if you went to bed? <laughs> Here's a solution. Close the you know, eyes. <laughs> listen, you got, I'm sure you've talked about all this on your podcast, but society does not lend itself to the stuff you're talking about. You know, like it's, uh, you know, back in the day, sun went down, you went to sleep. Yeah. Sun came up, you, you, you got up. Like it was just such a different era not too long ago. Right. And now all, what you're talking about, all the technology before, you know, you're just reading a book around light and then fall asleep. But yeah, yeah. you're right. It, it, is a, it is a different world that we have to discipline ourselves in. We, yeah. There's a level of discipline and intentionality in the culture we live in for what you're describing. Yeah. That is another level. But the, I mean, whenever the Holy Spirit convicts me, I always say, okay, don't ever leave me alone. And also I hear you like, okay, yeah, okay, okay, so, okay. I hear well, you. Cause I don't want to be like, leave me alone. Cause I don't yeah. ever want the Holy Spirit to stop convicting me of yeah, sin probably, or misalignment. You know, I mean, yeah. there have certainly been days when I've asked him to leave me alone, but that is not who I am today. That's not who I want to be from here on out. That's a twenties, Annie, not a forties, Annie. That's the twenties, Annie. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Thrive Cosmetics. Did any of you guys get Thrive Cosmetics for Christmas? I want to hear about what you got. You know their Liquid Lash Extension Mascara is my favorite. I talk about it all the time. And it's because it truly makes my lashes look longer and fuller without smudging all over the place. And it is super easy to remove. It slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. The ingredients in it are super nourishing, so they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. And their flake-free tubing formula dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. Also, I've been wearing this lipstick, Eileen, almost all of December. I love it so much. Their lipstick is also my new favorite. Thrive Cosmetics is certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, plus their products are made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. And with thousands of five-star reviews, it is no wonder the turquoise tubes of makeup you see all over Instagram are trending. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash TSF. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M E-T-I-C-S dot com slash T-S-F for 20% off your first order. That link and pretty much every other link you could ever hope for are in the show notes or we'll send it to you Friday in our AFD week and review email. If you aren't getting that, that is a good resolution for you this year. To sign up to get that email, we'll email you every Friday. Okay, now back to our conversation with Banning. Okay, so one of the things Emily P. Freeman talks about is letting January be the week between Christmas and New Year's. So we don't have to have everything sorted out by January 1. Give this month some time to help you figure out how you want to shape your year instead of kind of forcing it on that one week. You and I are recording this at the in January, the first week. Yep. I am telling you, I have not opened my Bible yet, Banning, because I was traveling and I woke up late this morning. And sure. and so will you talk to us a little bit about like, how do we figure out what rhythms we want this year? And 
without going, oh man, it's the fourth, it's the fifth. People are hearing this on the eighth. It's the eighth and I haven't done anything yet. I might as well not, blah, blah, blah. When it comes to spiritual stuff, like how do we give us a little pastoring around getting spiritual rhythms for 24? Well, I, I think that one of the things we have to constantly be asking, and there's two questions I try to ask myself consistently is one is what season am I in and what is God doing? Wow. in that season. So I think that we don't recognize seasons enough. I think that we need to be asking the Lord questions often. Yeah, Lord, I want to know so many people that I know get tripped up and confused simply because they don't recognize the season that God has them in. Wow, so the, the Bible's written in an agricultural age. Jesus taught in an agricultural age. The Bible's written in that age. And so we kind of miss a little, we don't understand seasons. Uh, we don't understand right. what farmers would naturally understand that there is seasons to sow and seasons to reap and seasons to rest. And there is like, we expect it to be harvest all the time or we yeah. or we're confused when it's winter. And so I think for me, I'll just tell you what I try to do is I am trying to pay attention to the Lord of what's the season you have me in and wow. what are you trying to accomplish right now? I want to be able to partner with what you're doing in my life. And so I just ask him, what is it that you're doing in my life? What What is this year about? What is the season? And so sometimes people, I think they're just confused. They're frustrated because they're not seeing any harvest. But it's wintertime. And wintertime is right. where you rest. Wintertime is where you maintain some tools that you had. Wintertime is where you're more with your family. You know, farmers would understand this. Yeah. So I would just challenge people in January or whenever, I would say do it all the time, but especially in January as you look into 2024, just really ask the Lord, Lord, what season am I in? And then what are you trying to accomplish in my life? I I am convinced, Psalm 33 talks about that there's the, there's the counsel of the nations, there's the plans of the people. But he okay. says, those come to no effect. And he says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the, pl- the plans of his heart to all generations. So for me, I'm wanting to say, God, what is the, what is the plans that's on your heart for my life right now, because wow. I actually want to partner with them. I want to participate in what you're doing in my life. And so I think much of what we need to do is just stop and just ask the Lord some questions. Wow. So even sitting down going, here's what I want to do, and here's my goals, and here's all that, I just start with like, Lord, I want to know what you're doing. I want to wow. know the things that are on your heart for me right now. I want to know where you're developing me. And then I want to know how it co- how it coincides with the season that I'm in. Ah, okay. And, and, That's really and so interesting. Then the, so then the season makes more sense. <laughs> right. Um, a lot of people, I just think they need, what I would say, they just need context and clarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just need, oh, this is what you're doing. This season makes more sense now. Yeah. I, I, anyway, we talk about this. I find, I find people can actually go through hard things. I find what people get tripped up more than difficult times is confusing times. Yes. That's true for me. Yeah. It's it's when I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But, but when the Lord says, here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to teach you a deeper level of trust. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to grow this area in your life. And all of a sudden I go, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, ha- I, I understand now why then things aren't working exactly like I thought they would. Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I um I sat with the Lord um right before Christmas was my quietest week. And I sat with the Lord just sobbing, banning yeah. over like I, I feel like I am um out of my depth in like four areas. And I just sobbing and I kept saying to the Lord Thank you so much because it, this is so painful and I'm so afraid and it has been a while since I was out of my depth. Yes. And so th- this fun. must be, you must yep. be growing me. And so yes. I'm, I'm miserable <laughs> as a person <laughs> because I'm afraid and I'm confused and I am, uh, I do not know what to do next. And thank you that this, this is what you do when you grow me. And yes. therefore this must be an intense growing season for some reason. Does well, that ring true? Am I reading oh, that right from the Lord? A hundred, a hundred percent. I just, you talk about crying. I was just preaching in San Diego at our church down there. And um, just in worship, I just was like crying in worship. And I realized uh, nothing's going, nothing's wrong with my son right now. He, there's, yeah. He's doing great. He's not, but, but, you know, as he's a senior and I'm, I, you know, I, I was really just wrestling through some things with my, with, with, with my kids it wasn't anything. There's nothing wrong. Sure. I just put that out there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's parenting. 
Yeah, but he but he reminded me of when my son was in second grade, third grade, and he tried out for a basketball team and didn't make it. And I was spinning for like three days and I could, I mean, like it really threw me off Yeah, and I was mad and I was irritated and he, he shouldn't have gotten cut. We were new to the city. We had just moved to to the Sacramento area. And uh, finally, three days later, I just stopped and, and I realized the Lord just kind of began to speak to me. I don't trust the Lord with my kids. Hmm. or with my kid. Now, listen, it's basketball. It's not life or death. It didn't matter. But it was really revealing. Like I was spinning because I'm like, God, I, I don't know if I trust you with my kid's heart, the thing that matters wow. to my, the thing that wow. matters to my kid. And I just stopped and said, God, I trust you with my son's heart. Yeah, I trust you with his heart. Well, sure enough, now 10 years later, I'm, I was just, I'm like, dude, what's going on inside of me? And he reminded me that again. And I just had to stop and go, oh, this is a moment for me to again, just say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my son's future. I trust you with my son's heart. I trust Mm -hmm. you with my kids. When I saw that, like you, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I can I can do this. Yes. I I I can get before the Lord and say, God, I do trust you. Mm -hmm. And this is what you're doing. You're giving me a chance again to trust you with something that matters deeply to me. And so I can do that. But when I don't know that's what's going on. So I think as we look at 2024, it's just like, Lord, what is it that you're doing in my life? Where are you shaping me? Where are you growing me? What do you, you know, and I'm asking the Lord this stuff. And uh, and I'm wanting to, because I want to partner with him. So when we're asking what season we're in, I'm, I'm thinking about some of our friends who are like, I've never asked God that ever. Yeah. Totally. So, so are it, should we listen for winter, spring, summer, fall, and kind of go? Okay, it is a summer. Like everything is blooming. I need to like get to work. And this is. Yes. It, are we listening for that kind of language, or are we listening for you're in a season of abundance, you're in a season of blessing, oh, uh, you're in a season of struggle? Like, what uh, kind of language do you think God's saying back? I would probably say both. But here's okay. why I like the 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 winter, summer, fall, spring seasons because the Lord made them. Yeah. <laughs> the, right. Because it's how he operates. I I think it just gives some picture sometimes of, um, and and I and I do this with the Lord, but I also process with friends. I think that sometimes friends have such great insight; they can see things we don't see. They can they they have insight into our lives. The ones that really know us have insights into our lives that we we don't always have. But I think it's just really giving me context sometimes for, um. So sometimes the Lord just may say, you're in a season of growth. Or he may tell mm-hmm. me, what I want to know is, what are you doing in my life? Ultimately, yeah. that's what I'm wanting to know. And yeah. then what you're, what you're doing in my life does kind of reveal and give me some context for what season am I, I, I'm in. Yeah. Well, we, talked, uh, we talked about this. I, I remember going to Brazil one time, and I just assumed Brazil in July was the same weather as California. I didn't even look at my app or anything. I would have assumed the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I show up to Brazil and it's just it's raining, freezing cold. We're doing all these outdoor Gosh. venues. I didn't pack at all for it. Right now, I if I would have packed properly, I easily can navigate winter. Yeah, like winter's not hard to navigate. Yeah, winter's hard to navigate when you packed for summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so oh, for baby. me, uh, so so a lot of people, I just am like, oh, you think it's summertime right now? It's wintertime. Yes. And you can actually get to wintertime fine. You just have to pack properly. Yes. So I so for me, for me, the farming analogies, which I think we find in scripture, yeah. <laughs> were trees planted by I mean, we're constantly being talked about as trees and all that type of stuff. So I think the the farming analogies and the growth. Listen, let me just say this right now. I don't care what season you're in, here's God's goal for you. Growth. The entire Christian life is a life of growth and maturity. Every day you're being renewed to look more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Every, you know, every year you should look back and say, hopefully the fruits of the spirit manifested at a deeper, more healthy level than they did last year. Yeah. So I do know this, this is a given. God's trying to grow me. He's trying to grow me. That's a given. You know what 2024 is? It's a year of growth. I'm not talking about a year of like picking fruit. I'm talking about he's wanting to grow me. Now, any farmer knows this. <laughs> there are seasons of how growth happens. Mm-hmm. And sometimes growth is a root season of going deep. Sometimes, so it, that's why it works for me. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. I, so I, my encouragement to our friends listening, I think what a what a great thing to sit with the Lord tomorrow morning or on your Sabbath this week or at some point and go, what season am I in? And then pay attention to what you hear and what you see. Like, do yes. you see a picture in your brain of somewhere you go every year in the summer? Or are you wearing a sweater in your mind? Because the Lord works so much in pictures with me, Banning. Yes. Yeah, where like yeah. what I, and then I suddenly go, wait, why do I keep seeing Same this person me. in my head? The Lord just healed what, uh, such a deep wound in me. I'm going to say to you on accident, it wasn't on accident, but like through a series of like, why does he keep showing, why do I keep seeing this one person when I pray who is not in my life? I mean, an ex, not in my life anymore. And I was like, I am not reaching out to this character. And through about three days later, the Lord, I was like, oh, you're healing a thing. Oh, you're healing something in me, but you were showing me pictures along the way. So I would just encourage people to pray and ask and listen, pay attention to what you hear and what you see in your mind. Yeah. And I don't know how many, you know, I don't know how many would, I'm obviously coming from a charismatic background and, 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 and have that grid for, you know, what we're talking about, but I'll, I'll tell you a quick story because we went through a, a massive pruning season personally, ministry wise. And, and, and the whole time though, I did feel like the Lord was speaking to me, but he would speak to me in times. And when you know what God's doing, it may not make it easier but it gives it real purpose. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's purpose behind what's happening. It's not just a, a, a flippant thing that's going on. Yeah. So we were going through pruning, and, and I know enough of, obviously, the Bible and Scripture to know that the Lord prunes things for more growth, yeah. that, 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 that pruning is a part of our life. And as a farmer, yeah. <laughs> a farmer doesn't hate the tree when he prunes it. He prunes it so that there can be more growth and health. That's right. So I know, okay, we're in a pruning season. But I was talking to, but it was brutal. It was hard. And I'm talking to, I was talking to one of our board members and she said, she said, you know, last year I cut these vines back on our house. I cut them back and they went back to just a little stump. And my kids came out and they're like, mom, you killed that vine. What'd you do to it? It's Mm -hmm. just a little stump. She said this year they exploded with growth. Now, yeah. as the Lord's speaking to me, as as she's talking, I know. I'm like, this is I, I do believe I hear you, I hear, the yeah. Lord has 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 pruned me for growth. But it was shortly after that that the picture that you talked about. I had a picture because it felt like, man, this has been I felt like somebody just took a, a machete to me. Yeah. Like I feel like, yeah, I got pruned. It was just a machete. Yeah. And it was just, it felt so brutal and rough. But I had a picture of Jesus as a gardener. Hmm. leaning over this stump with a water can and just with great tenderness and care, Mm -hmm. taking care of this stump. And what it did for me, you talk about healing, what it did for me was I just realized, oh, the Lord is, 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 there's great care and tenderness with what the Lord is doing in this season. Yeah. He's not being flippant with me. He's not just hack, you know, he's not just hacking his way through my life. And it was what I needed to see is what I needed to kind of hear was just the tenderness of the Lord over me in this season that felt so brutal. Yeah. And even even in my head and in my heart, I know what's happening right now is unto something greater. What's happening right now is because of whatever, even in the midst of that. And I just, what you described, it was so much healing to me, just seeing the Lord with such tenderness Mm -hmm. over what felt like I just got a a machete taken to the vine. Yeah, yeah. It was so beautiful for me. I think that is so, that's such a beautiful way to start the year banning because also we know seasons change. Yes. I mean, Jesus talks about this, right? Like when you, he says in the gospels, when you, you know, what's going to happen when you see the sky in the morning, yes. like he's telling to his disciples, like yes. you, you predict the season in your life. Why do you not yeah. see what I'm doing here? Oh, and so I think that's really helpful for us as we go into this year to go, okay, God, what season am I starting in? And if I am starting in spring, what that means is summer is coming. Yes. Yes. And and if I'm working really hard and there's a lot of harvest, that means winter is coming and that is okay. And what I do and what I focus on this is so and where I put my attention is connected to the season and what God's doing. Yeah. You'll never so so are there seasons to sleep in? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know when the seasons during winter, sleep mm-hmm. in, get rested. Mm-hmm. When the harvest is coming, you'll never find a farmer sleeping in. Yeah. So, so the days I see, are long. 
yes, I think it gives us real clarity of what I need to be putting my attention towards, what I need to be focusing. And then yeah. therefore, what we all know this, what I don't need to be focusing on right now. Right. What, what do I not need to be focusing on right now? What do I not need to be putting as much attention on? Yeah. Because that's not what the Lord's highlighting right now. And I think that when we can find that rhythm, and it's not just at the beginning of the year, although I think at the beginning of the year is a brilliant time to just kind of take a moment, pause, mm -hmm. reset, look at, assess. And the Lord speaks to me about years. But this, that we're consistently wanting to know, God, what is it that you're doing? How can I partner? What is, and then that determines, well, this is where I'm going to put my attention. And I am intentionally not doing this other thing. Yes, that is so helpful. I'm telling you, six months ago, if I would have said to the Lord, what season am I in? It would have saved me so much pain. It would not have changed what happened over the last six months. No, it would have given me clarity. It have given me, and I'd have gone, this is what this season looks like. And therefore, here's what I do. Because now here's what yes. I'm doing, Banning. I'm going, okay, I'm going to ask the Lord what season I'm in. And then I'm going to Google, what does a farmer do in that season? Yes. Because I, I go too hard. I go too hard down, no, down no, these no, paths. Well, what you're talking about is the things don't change. This is what's so challenging about Scripture it tells, the Lord tells us that we are to have joy. Yeah. We're to rejoice in the midst of trials. Yep. And so when you're talking about James and Peter, these different passages, and so, but you can't rejoice if you're fighting against things. Yeah. And so, so. You know, it talks about, well, listen, the trials lead to, to perseverance, to character, to hope, to joy. Or it talks about that your faith is going to get tested mm -hmm. and it's going to come out gold. I think half the time the Lord's looking at us going, why are you fighting this? I'm trying to show you that your faith is genuine. Yes. I'm trying to give you what you're lacking. Yeah. And so what you're walking through that's going to require patience what you're walking through that's going to require perseverance. I'm doing that so that you can be lacking in nothing. Yeah. And half the time I'm just complaining and frustrated the entire time. <laughs> but if I but if I go, oh, I'm in a season that requires patience. Mm -hmm. I'm in a season that requires perseverance. But 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 God tells me, the Bible tells me that on the other side of perseverance is uh, the other side of patience is he's going to give me things that I'm currently lacking. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's do right. it. Let's right. do it. And so right. I just think that, yeah, that we're saying the same thing, but it's just that I now have clarity so I can now partner with what you're doing rather than fight what you're doing. Yes. I fought what the Lord was doing for uh, <laughs> September, October, November, December. Right. I mean, I, I am so thankful our listeners are hearing this in January. I wish I'd have heard this in August. If I'd have heard this in August, my fall with the Lord would have been far less <laughs> me fighting. I, I was the, I'm the one who, when the Lord was teaching me how to swim, I thought I was drowning. Yes. Totally. So Absolutely. all fall, yes. I was trying to paddle when the Lord is like, I'm trying to teach you how to swim. Yes. Yeah. Oh, You're like, no, uh, no, no. No, you're trying to drown me. That's yes, what you're doing. Yes, yes. No, you are trying to drown me. And he's like, I am right here. Just paddle. And I'm like doggy paddling for an entire season because I didn't know what season I was in. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and I'm telling you, if people, frustrating. Can, if people can get some of this stuff down, it really, it really does take us on a journey with the Lord as well. The Lord has you on a journey. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I want to say this again. The journey is a journey of growth. Yeah. The, the Christian life boiled down is, is, is that, the Holy Spirit was given to you to help renew you every day to look like Jesus. Yeah. Like the goal is to, is to look like Jesus. And so, so God's at work in your life to mature you. This is what Paul was constantly talking about. He's just like, in fact, I would say this right now. I think, you know, again, the word for 2024 is God's trying to mature you. Mm. <laughs> He's wanting at the end of, at the end of 2024, you should be able to look back and go, I look more like Jesus now than yeah. I did at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Because that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. But but my point is, is, is we're to partner with him in that. Yeah. And if we don't have clarity that that's what he's trying to do, then we're just frustrated and we we fall into entitlement. We fall into thinking God uh that we, you know, that 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 we we deserve something, mm -hmm. or you know, we we start approaching God as if he owes us something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's and, rude um, of you to bring this up in front of everybody instead of just telling me, Banning. I don't think you needed to like make it public. You could have just texted me and been like, Lord, the Lord has a word for you, Annie. Yes. Ugh. No, yeah, I, that's it. I mean, that's the the thing I fight against. And I, I would imagine a lot of our friends listening oh. deal with this, especially if you work in a faith space at all, yes. is, hey, I work for you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not know? Yeah. Yeah. I, my whole life, I work for you. And yes. and so I I fight that a lot. I at this point, because we're older than I was when I started, because this is 15 yes. years in this career, I have learned the bubblings of that instead of the overflow of that. Yes. Ten years ago I was dealing with the overflow of feeling entitled. And now I start hearing the bubbles and I go, no, no, no. No, no, no. We are we are lucky to do any of this. He could have picked anybody. He could, yeah. you know, like the Lord could have. And so I am with you. I really actually think, and if I was to say what I believe would be one of the words for 2024, I I, I, I cannot get away from the concept of thankfulness right now. Mm. And and, and I, I, we don't have to go deep into this one, but this issue of thankfulness, I believe as we head into an election year. Yeah as we head into so much that is uncertain and unrest and all of the shaking that's going on, the Bible is consistently calling us to live thankful. Mm -hmm. And I think that thankfulness is the thing that to be able to look at every situation and be able to say, and, and it's hard to, and I'm not talking about just blind thankfulness, like, oh God, I'm just thankful, you know, going like, oh, I can see what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He will tell me sometimes I'll go through something I don't want to go through. And he's, he'll tell me, Banning, I'm giving you a chance to walk out what you believe. Oh, and I'm like, I don't want to walk out what I believe. I want to <laughs> right. preach what I believe. I don't right. want to walk out. And, and right. I will have to walk through some stuff sometimes. And the Lord will say, Banning, I'm, I'm letting you walk out what you believe right now. Yeah. And, but, and, and then for the ability for me to go, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for allowing me to walk out what I believe. Thank yeah. you for allowing me to trust you at a deeper yeah. level. Yeah. But if I don't see that's what he's doing, it is hard to be thankful sometimes, just to be just generally like, oh, just I'm thankful. Yeah. No, I see what God's doing and I'm grateful. I'm it, grateful for who he is in my life. Is this theologically correct? You can say no to me. Um, I have noticed a shift in my authority when I got thankful for the life I have, not the life I wanted. Yeah, I I think it's I think that faith, uh, uh, faith is connected to thankfulness because I think thankfulness positions us to understand the abundance that we really have. Right. Rather got it. than so so thankfulness puts us in a place where we live from a place of abundance, not from lack. So many times when we're ungrateful, it's because we think we're lacking something. Yeah. We think we're lacking the life that we wanted. We think we're lacking the plan that we thought was going to fold. We think we're lacking whatever it is. Thankfulness actually positions us to see things from a place of abundance yeah. and to be able to go, oh no, I am living in a place of abundance, not mm -hmm. lack. And mm -hmm. so I do think that there's probably another realm of authority and faith that gets on us. Yeah. When we actually when we actually stay in that place of thankfulness and we don't get into that lack place. Yeah, it's been interesting because the more I mean, I, I'm very honest with God about my feelings about that sure. this isn't what I thought my life would look like at 43 yeah, and yeah. blah blah, you know, all the stuff about yes. not being married, not having kids and yes. not living in my face, all the things. And it is like, well, I can still hold that. The other thing I go is like, gosh, you have shaped a life that is so yes. much better than I would have shaped. Yes. I cannot, I can't believe you had this in your mind all along. And I would have never picked this and look what you've done. And when that shift happened to me that didn't let go of my desires, but brought along some like actual view of how God did it, it is like something shifted in the spiritual realm for yeah, me. So good. Do you know what that is, Annie? I, I have found for me, and I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, although I'm sure people wouldn't remember if I did. I have to consistently, and I find it it's at, it's at marker moments. It might be at 30, it might be at 35, 40. I have to stop and take down the picture that's been hanging on the wall mm. that isn't realistic right. and put up a new one. And, and here's, here's the discipline that I do. There is a picture in my head of what I thought 47 would look like that I am competing against. 
But that picture was painted by a 21-year-old. Right, Banning, right. And, and so what happens is at 21, I had an idea of what I was going to be at 45 and, and what was going to happen and this and that. And the whole time I'm competing and I'm wrestling against this picture that, and I, I, that a naive 21-year-old had. Mm -hmm. And I have to be able to actually stop and say, okay, my life doesn't look like the picture that the 25-year-old had. Mm -hmm. And I take it down and grieve it. I'll take a moment. Like That's I'll right. take that picture off the wall and I'll grieve it for a moment. But then I put the real picture up and I say, but you know what? The right. picture that God did paint is beautiful. Yeah, It is wonderful. Yeah. And so I think that we're constantly competing against a, paint, a picture that that 30-year-old Annie painted. Right. And now 43-year-old Annie is like, but you have to be able to go, oh, well, 30-year-old Annie has no clue what she's talking about when it comes to 43 years old. Yeah, that's right. And so I take that picture down, I grieve it for a moment, and I put up the real picture and I go, but God is so good. That's right. And this is a beautiful thing he's done. So I think that I think that we need to do what you're talking about often, you know? Yeah. And I think when we do that, we go, okay, all right, this is good. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about one of our amazing partners, Bite Toothpaste. Okay, I think Bite Toothpaste is the coolest thing. It's these dry toothpaste tablets that are made with clean ingredients and are sulfate-free, palm oil-free, and glycerin-free. They call them Bite Toothpaste Bits, and they're so convenient, y'all. You just pop a bit in your mouth, chew it up, and start brushing. It will turn to paste just like you're used to, but with no plastic tube or mess. Because, get this, did you know... Oh boy, we swallow five to 7% of our toothpaste every single time we brush our teeth. Ew, that's like an extra blob of toothpaste every seven days. I'm so grossed out. And most commercial toothpaste have harsh chemicals, artificial flavors and preservatives in them, which just isn't the best for us. So Bite is the better way to go. These bits also come in refillable glass jars and they send refills in compostable pouches. So they are just better for our bodies and the earth. Bite is offering our friends 20% off your first order. So go to trybite.com slash that sounds fun or use the code that sounds fun at checkout to claim this deal. That's T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash that sounds fun. And now back to finish up this amazing conversation with Pastor Banning. Man, what a beautiful way you've started our year, especially if we're giving ourselves a little time to, to kind of, we don't have to have it all sorted by January 1. We're giving ourselves no, a couple of no. weeks to get into this year of going like, what am I thankful for? What has God given me? What season am I in? What is God doing in the earth that I can be a part of? Can you take just a couple of minutes? What is God doing on the earth? What is happening in 2024? What are some rumblings you're hearing either with you and the Lord or just in, in your community? I mean, you have a really expansive network of Christian leaders in your life. What's going on? Well, I'm going to use the big word revival. That means hey, a lot. Hey, let's that, go. Yeah, that means a lot to a lot of different people. But I will just say this. When I say revival, I'm talking about God moving in such profound ways that he awakens his church and we yeah. see the greatest harvest the world's ever seen. I, I think that right now the, the, there, is a, there is a fresh hunger that is stirring in the hearts of people. Everywhere I go, doesn't matter where I go in the world or where I go in America, there is a fresh hunger and a fresh stirring. There's a there's there's a book called um, there's there's two things I would say is one is when we look at the landscape of what's going on, we we especially in California, guys. I'm in California, and sometimes I'm like, dude, I live in Babylon. It, it's mm -hmm. what it feels like sometimes in California. I, I I my heart my heart just is burdened for California. I love this state. I'm believing God for revival in California. Yeah. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. The spirit of this age and mm -hmm. and 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 what Isaiah talks about, deep darkness. It feels like more than ever before we're just looking at deep darkness. Going, yeah. dude, there is just deep darkness. But but there is but but when there's deep darkness, uh, the next thing is this, the glory of the Lord is about to rise on his yeah. people. And I and there's there's two books that have been really instrumental for me. One is a book called Cure of All Ills. And it's an intercessor lady in the 90s who wrote a book just on the concept that awakenings, first great awakening, second great awakening, outpourings, revivals, they happen when society's at their lowest. 
Oh, wow. When society is at its lowest economically, socially, morally, that this is when God, the cure of all ills, is is an outpouring of the Spirit of God, is a move of God, is an awakening. And so everywhere I go, I think there's just an awareness, an expectancy. Yeah. If you pay attention to what the Lord, that some people are just distraught and discouraged, um, but but I think it's because they're connected to the wrong storyline. But but for there's just an awareness that what's happening right now, God is about to do something. Yeah. Uh, that 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 we've that that is unprecedented. So I, I think there's wow. that. But the other thing is this: is I, I am so encouraged right now because everywhere I go, there's a, there the prayer movement. There's a fresh prayer movement. It's I mean, wild. in churches and businesses and people's lives. And do you know what I think is? Here's something I would tell you. There's a book called World of Flame. Love so it. World of Flame, so you're going to World of Flame, which is about the Welsh Revival. The Welsh Revival happens in 1904. Um, it, one of the most significant revivals in the mm. last un, few hundred years. I mean, it's significant revivals in history. Over 100,000 people get saved in, in, in a nine month period. It kind of helps spark Azusa Street. But, uh, but the author makes a distinction. He compares Wales to giving birth. And he says that Wales, two years in 1902, two years before this thing happened in Wales, there were prayer meetings happening all over Wales, unconnected, unbeknownst to one another, not organized or coordinated. Just prayer was happening in a home and it was happening in a church. It was happening in a business. Prayer was happening all over Wales. And the revival breaks out two years later. He makes the point of this, that birth pangs and, and childbirth, he says, he says, birth pangs don't create the baby. The baby creates the birth pangs. Dude. So his, point is, his point is, it's not, it's not the birth pangs that are bringing the baby. It's the baby that brought the birth pangs. Yes. And so he connects it to revival that it's not even revive. It's not even prayer that causes revival. It's revival that causes prayer. God about to move a harvest. The glory of the Lord rising on his people. When I go around and see the increase of prayer, right. when I go around and see the hunger, it's it's not just prayer, it's hunger and expectancy. Yeah. It's a great, it's a greater dependence on the Lord. Yes. This is one of the things I've seen right now is, is that we had a word when right when COVID hit. Uh, one of our school leadership students, I was asking him, what are you guys hearing? And what's the Lord saying? And they said, oh, I've been in Song of Solomon. And I'm like, what? And they're like, there's a verse in the Song of Solomon where it says that who is this coming out of the wilderness, leaning on, on the beloved? Yeah. And it was this concept that I said, that's the word of the Lord. Whatever happens in the next season, God is going to strip us mm-hmm. of everything we've been dependent on that's not him. Oh no, you said that before COVID. <laughs> yes. Every this is what we realize. Every every part of our human effort that we have leaned on, we're gonna come out of this season leaning on Jesus and yeah. only Jesus. Yeah. My point is this is is that I think people have gotten to a place now where we realize Jesus is the only answer. Yeah. There's no plan B. There's, there's no backup plan. We need God. And maybe in California, we feel it more than others. I don't know. Because I'm a guy, listen, I, I am a guy that believes in civic duty. I'm a guy that believes you should vote. We should, get, we, we should have Christians in leadership. We should be involved locally. But at the end of the day, especially here in California, we're not going to out-organize a vote. We're not going to organize a greater vote. Right. We need God. Yeah. We just need God. And so I think that there's also not only a prayers rumbling, a hunger, but a recognition that apart from God, this doesn't work out. We need God and there's not a plan B. And I think that those factors coming together, and I think what's causing those is revival. That's it. That's the baby. Is the baby. And I just want to go, guys, listen, you may look around right now and you may be discouraged and you may seem, you may see darkness abounding and you may see sin and you, and it may seem hopeless, but I'm telling you right now that the stirring that is happening in the lives of people in churches and in, and in the lives of people is because God is doing something. Yeah. And And we are going to see him. So I'm coming into 2024 with great anticipation and expectation. Yeah. Um, we have a button. It's called the Wowie Zowie button. Wowie Zowie. 
whenever somebody blows my mind and you nailed it. You totally did. That the baby, and I've read World of Flame. I don't know how I missed yes. that. But uh, that the baby yes. is causing the pains is so hopeful. Because yes. it's just really hopeful. It has been interesting, Banning, as we've gotten into the first two or three days of 24. The vibe is what's coming. Not oh. people aren't afraid. People aren't like like there were a couple of years where I was like, man, we barely got through that. I hope this year's better. There isn't that like weariness coming into this one. No, there is this like, what's going to happen? Yes, it's really interesting. I haven't felt this at the I beginning agree. of a year culturally. I, I don't know when I felt this. Yes, we just had we do we have a prayer meeting every Tuesday night, and um and it's all it's always good. It's wonderful. But our first Tuesday night of the year. I was in the room just going, all right, I don't know what this is, but there is something different uh -huh. Uh -huh. in the air. And there is a different level of expectation. There's a different yeah. level of anticipation. There's a, it's faith rising. Yeah. I think that, I, th I think that, That's I think beautiful. that a lot of people got the wind knocked out of them and they got the wind back and they're like, yeah. God's going to do something. Yeah. That, that What we've been walking through is unto something. Yeah. And uh, God is still on the throne. Here's what we know. God yeah. is on the throne and in control. So yeah. it's, I, I really do. I would say in the macro level, revival in the nations in, in America and California, but I'd say also in the micro level of people's lives, yeah. that there's a, there's a real sense of anticipation for what yeah. God's going to do. It's fr I feel it too. I feel it too. Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. Banning, thank you for making time to do this. I would love um, for you to pray for us as we're going out. Would you just like pray some power and peace and all the things yeah. over our 2024. I want to make sure people know um, that Jesus Culture is where you are, that they can listen to the pastor's podcast, which is, though I am not a tech, well, I am ordained, so I guess I am a pastor yes. now, but yes, I don't work at a church, but that podcast, I don't miss an episode, Banning. You know that. I text you too much about it. I don't miss an episode. I'm so grateful for it. You also have the Banning Leapshire podcast. Anything else you want to make sure people know about? No, all that. I love it. Everything you just mentioned. Okay. It's wonderful. Well, your books I are great. If anybody, as we're working through seasons, out. if they want yeah. to grab Rooted, Rooted's a great book to walk us through this kind of stuff. So, Well, let me pray. Um, I'm going to pray over yeah. the two things we talked about. One, that God would give you context and clarity, and that two, He would stir a fresh hunger in you yeah. this season for God to move, not only in our nation, our state, but in your own personal life and your family yeah. and your relationships. So, yeah. God, I, I just ask first that you would give clarity. God, that you would draw close to us and that you would reveal to us, you would speak to us the season that we're in and what you're doing. God, we, we just say today, we are so hungry to partner with you. Yeah. God, I just want to partner with what you're doing. I know that you're doing a work in my life and sometimes I don't see it fully. Sometimes I'm confused by it. But when you, when you reveal it to me, I can partner with it. And so God, I just thank you for, the, for deepening our trust and give us, yes. give us clarity on seasons we're in. And then God, this is what I'm asking. I pray that 2024 would be a year where you stir a fresh hunger mm -hmm. inside of us. God, that every day that we would wake up, that there would be a, a, an anticipation, yes. an expectation for what you're going to do in our lives, for what you're going to do at our church and in our city, at our workplace, in our neighborhood, amongst our friends and family. God, I pray that you would stir a fresh hunger and anticipation for you to move in our midst. I just, I just pray what, 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 what Paul writes to the Romans, that, that, that you're going to awake every area in our life that's asleep. Yes. God, that you would awake us from slumber and that we would awaken with a hunger for you to move in our day. And gee, we love you, Jesus. We trust you, Jesus. Yeah. And we love you. And we thank you that when deep darkness is covering the earth, that's when the glory of the Lord's about to rise. And we thank you that when sin abounds, that's when grace is about to break in. We just are looking for that this year. Amen. Amen. Oh, y'all, isn't he the best? Oh, my gosh. I mean, again. I know. It's just, I mean, I feel like I could run through a wall after that conversation. I just feel like we know the questions to ask. We know what we're listening for. We know where we're going this year, what God might be up to. So I'm really curious what season you are in. If you want to share on Instagram today, I would love to hear um, in this post what you are sensing seasonally you are in. Um, 
Banning is just an incredible pastor. I'm so grateful for him and for Jesus Culture and what they're doing. So he has multiple books you can get. Yeah, I loved Three Mile Walk. I loved Rooted. So you can grab either of those. Um, also listen to his podcast, The Banning Leapshire Podcast. It's so good. And Pastor's Podcast is what got this whole thing started. So even if you aren't pastoring, I don't, I'm not a pastor in a church, but man, the the leadership help that that podcast gives me has really uh, benefited me a lot. So just like today's episode, good gravy. And if you have any questions from this episode, drop them in the Q&A box on your Spotify app, if that's where you're listening, or send them to us on Instagram at That Sounds Fun Podcast. We'll try to answer them there. Make sure you're following over there. There's a lot more clips and information over on That Sounds Fun Podcast. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, on video. Now we're everywhere you need us. That's where you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, what sounds fun to me today? I think what sounds fun to me is going to Baja Burrito. It's one of my very favorite places in Nashville. If you have not eaten there, I highly recommend it. Baja Burrito. Go try it next time you're here. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday as we keep on diving into how to shape our year. We've talked about our spiritual health today, and we're going to talk with our friend Mike Foster on Thursday about some of our emotional, mental health questions, some things we can be asking to make sure we're growing emotionally as well this year too. So we'll see you back here on Thursday. That sounds fun. That sounds fun.